I'm going to go ahead and do it. Do it. Okay. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> What? I don't know. <laughs> you really put down your uh, your radio guy mode for and a second. Maybe, maybe I came in a little Welcome too strong. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. All right, I'll start Hit again. It. Do it. <laughs> that was much Welcome better. Back. You're like Jerry when he, uh, you know, don't try not to be so funny. Try, yeah. How am I not going to be? You can't not not be funny. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, right. Let's do our uh, AM radio impressions. No, nah, I don't want to start right. off like that. Hit it. Come we'll on. do it later. This is episode 22. Yes, it is. Two Faces Radio. My name is Ira Malkin. That's Brian McClenning over there. Our yes, guest is. today is a guy named Andrew Black. What's up, y'all? What's up, man? Good thanks for coming you. in. It's my yeah, pleasure, man. Here. My pleasure. Uh, the date today is January 30th, 2010. We're almost into February here. Yes, we are. The nice. year is going by quick already. We found a way to uh, come in here on all the coldest, wettest uh, uh, days of the year. Most dismal days of the year. But this is... Uh, but it's nice and toasty in this It's studio. nice in here, and it makes us feel good. <laughs> Getting ready to listen to some good music. That's right. Have a good interview. Now, I have to say, I feel what? pretty good about myself today. I do. Uh-oh. I single-handedly installed a new garage door opener. Really? This yes. morning? And by single-handedly, I mean my friend Trip, who's quite capable, <laughs> did it, Came and over. I, with one hand, <laughs> held the directions. <laughs> <laughs> this is a shout-out to Trip. This is a shout-out to Trip. Thanks, yeah, yeah. brother man. Thank you for helping That's me, right. man. But yeah, he uh, yeah. He and came unfortunately, over and this is up. the only thanks he's going to get. He's, he's not going to get any uh, monetary. <laughs> no, I'm watching his child tonight. I oh. will be a child care care person. Care tonight. person. Yeah, girl. So, um, yes. Yeah, he, Gene and I will go he's over there and watch the kid. Yes, he is. They're both. Well, he and his wife are trusting. It him. takes a village, man. It does. It does. <laughs> so anyhow, that's my so little Andrew's shout out. You're a family man too, aren't you? I am a family man. Good yes. for you, man. Gosh, you know I can't believe how long it's been. I have a 20 year old son. It's getting ready to wow. be 21. Wow. In March, I have a 13 year old son and a 10 year old son. Wow. So I've been the family guy for a long time. Yeah. You know, and you and look uh, like you're a pretty young guy. Yeah. Well, you know, I try and stay in shape, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I've always done two things in my life. I've played music and I've trained martial arts my whole oh, life. Oh, well, that's my what. That's life. what does it. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's the fountain so, of youth. Although my bones are all broken, so but, you could sing us a great song and kick our asses before you leave. Well, that's the thing. I get along <laughs> with everybody, so I just do it to stay in shape, man. I'm, hey, I'm you, a lover, not a fighter. Well, you better watch your mouth over there, man. <laughs> that's right. You leave here with a broken arm. <laughs> no, no. Well, that what, was the old days, you know, before oh, you could get thrown in jail for maiming right. people. Now that the laws have changed, now right. we have to figure out how to get along with everybody. Yeah, it's just be true. nice. Yeah. All right. Well, Chill out out in the that's country. That's our other motto at Two Faces Radio. Besides, besides saving for the show, it's be nice. Be nice. Yeah. Try not yes. to beat on people if you can avoid it. Try that's not to right. be a dick. You know? <laughs> Try not to, don't be a dick. Don't, don't be, a, be dick. a dick. That's all I ask. <laughs> I love it. Well... This is uh, what can I say about Andrew? I, I mean, I don't know you very well, but every time we've talked and 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 hung mm-hmm. out, yeah, man, you're a super nice guy. So thanks again, well, uh, thanks, brother, I for coming it, in man. and uh, you know, great musician, great. Thank you again. Would you call yourself a guitar shredder, or do you uh, not like the term? You got some shredding in you. I I will. I'll do some shredding from time to time, but you know, not um, today, of course. But the uh, my first priority. Is always the song, man. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, that's because what we're into. because that's what we songs like. yeah. last, yeah. you know, <laughs> solos come and go. Yeah. yeah. And there again, you know, when it comes to being a shredder, I mean, right. there's so many guys out there that are yeah. I mean, so that, much that's, more that's capable. Not how, that's not how I wanted to describe you overall. You know? yeah. I mean, I was going to put in shredder, you know, incredible vocalist, Thank great yeah. songwriter as Thank well. You. I just Thank stopped you, at shredder there for a second. Yeah. But. It's funny that you say that, though, too, because when you think about it, 
you know, I could probably write off the top of my head, as much as a fan of certain guitar players I am, yeah, yeah, um, and you know the bands that I listen to, mm-hmm. I really only off the top of my head remember like would recall like a few solos that I'm just like, man, this guitar solo itself, you right? Know? Like the first one that comes to mind for me is the solo from Sometimes Salvation by the Black well, Crows. That's like one of the best guitar solos for me. Cool, you know that I've ever heard, but. Really, other than that, you know, you remember songs, like you said. Yeah, you and, know, so. and for me, it would be, uh, you know, the solo that Neil Sean laid down in Who's Crying Now, you know, Journey. Oh, yeah. Nice. He was he's very proficient at giving you memorable solos, yet he can remind you in the blink hmm. of an eye that he can burn the fretboard up. Yeah. Neil, Neil Sean. You know, yeah, from no Journey. Good. Yeah. And then on the other side of Shredism, you have, you know, of course, Steve Vai. Right. And yeah. then on, on a totally different side of the cube, you have, like, Roy Clark. I mean, what's up with that guy? <laughs> yeah, you know? Roy Clark was on a uh, hee haw, wasn't he? All that's the time? right, but and you he, know, and he could tear it up, well, yeah. and like and like Jerry Reed, you know, Jerry, yeah, Jerry Reed, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Those you guys know? are incredible, exactly. you know, and they've been around for a long, long, long time. Yeah, so. there's there's shredding of all types going on exactly. in the world of music. I guess, so. I guess. I guess that came to mind for me because I used to see you out at a lot of jams like we all used to go to. Right. And it was like, oh, shit, Andrew's going up on the stage. Was it like know, that? Is that what back, they said? <laughs> well, oh, no, geez. that's the way I felt, you know. <laughs> Who's he going to embarrass tonight? <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Well, and vocal-wise, too, you know. It's, mm-hmm. That's also stand back. So, But we'll hear that yeah. in a little while, man. God, that's, I hope so. It's Well, that's early. one thing that <laughs> that's one thing that, you know, me and Brian always talk about on the show. It's like you don't find a lot of great vocalists no. out there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, well, I we have been lucky that yeah. we have found great vocalists, but in general, if you just went out every night and saw bands and everything, you might catch, like, one good vocalist a week, you know? I right, know. right. I think also, too, it's like a certain kind of thing that we're looking for, you know, in a, in a way. Like, we've always, we grew up with, like, the classic rock bands and even some of the metal bands that really showed some, not all of them, that showed some taste with how they sang and really put the vocals mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you had a little chance to work with Howard Leese, was his yeah. name? From Bad Company and Bad Company and Paul and Rogers, yeah, I mean, and Paul you know, Rogers, yeah. and Th- my God, Paul that Rogers, voice to man. me is yeah, he's top three probably for me. Man, um, I'm glad to hear that. You yeah. know, yeah, so. he's awesome, man, for sure, and uh, a, a great mentor, and you know, has really been able, you know, to tell me a lot, not only about you know singing, but more importantly, you know, I mean, you have a raw talent that you deal with and then once you get into the business then you have to learn how to deal with the public you know yeah. and when you sit there developing your talent in your bedroom for years and years yeah. and years then all of a sudden you need to learn how to deal with all these different types of personalities right. that are into your thing yeah. yeah you know and that's where paul really you know helped me and mentored me you know in oh, regards cool. to dealing with the public and dealing with and not audience. letting you know certain things get under my skin you know because the the very thing that makes you a great artist, which is your sensitivity, can be your downfall right. when it comes to dealing with people and yeah. some yeah. of the things people say. You yeah. Know? yeah, I mean, you have one, you have one guy out there that's being an asshole, can ruin your whole night. You yeah, know? You, you yeah, and I just want to come off the stage and you right. know armbar him. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but you can't do that, you know. <laughs> but you could probably could do that properly. Well, you know, <laughs> see, I have you another challenge. <laughs> the, the challenge is not to you know yeah, overcome know. him physically, but to overcome my well, you know my tendencies to. Come right. unglued when things get right, you know. Wasn't wrong. it? Wasn't it in Spider Man where his uncle Ben told him, "With great uh, power comes great responsibility." Man, that's a right. great quote. That's totally fitting for the situation that I'm discussing right this now. Is, you know? This is how we go from superheroes to music. <laughs> to, <laughs> right, right. This is how Two Face back to works. dingy blues bars. Yeah. <laughs> 
right. Well, you guys, you want to hear some music or what? I, I really do. I want to hear some music. Yeah. Cool. I'm cool. curious what you're going to do because I, we've heard, and we'll get into all this, but so many different styles that you pull out. That's so right, man. Curious to see what you're going to play for us. Yeah. Um, I do play a lot of different styles, you know, and it's funny because people, you know, will come out and see your band play, you know, and you might do a, a set of blues because you happen to be in a blues bar. Right. right. And then, you know, we'll go up north by the lake, you know, in northeast Georgia, mm. and, uh, you know, they'll want to hear more country. So, you yep. know, we'll play Waylon Jennings and, yep. uh, you know, Charlie Daniels. Yeah. And then we'll get to the middle of the city, say, like, uh, you know, the, the suburbs, Alpharetta and such, and, and they want to hear us play Van Morrison. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So, in order to you know uh, provide for my family, I've adapted a lot of different styles, and also artistically, I do that in my songwriting right. as well. Yeah. And, uh, well, and a lot of people have to realize. A lot of musicians got to realize you got to do that. If, yeah. If you are providing for your family, that's you're doing true. It for a living. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. And uh, you know, I mean, a lot of the bands that I grew up listening to. You know, followed that model as far as their artistic expression as well. You know, if you take a band like the Rolling Stones, you know, on some girls' record, you can listen to "Miss You," which right. is a disco, disco hit, yeah. and then yeah. and then cue up "Faraway Eyes," yeah. which is a redneck country song. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could say the same thing about bands like the Who. Oh, the yeah. same thing about, about bands like Led Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they didn't put any limits. You know, yeah. upon their artistic expression yeah. you know it's it's kind of silly to be an artist and just work in you know the three primary colors right. you know i don't right. really know any artists right. that are like okay i'm just gonna do red blue green right. for the rest of my life yeah i mean that would be kind of dismal well know? and back then you know what the the bands you're talking about with the who and, and zeppelin you know back then if it seems like you could do that more right and still be popular and still yeah. get on the radio with all those types of different yeah that's but right. nowadays you know, yeah. radio and people themselves just want to pigeonhole you. That's right. And say, well, this guy's a blues artist. And That's this right. This guy does country and this yeah. guy, you know. And then you get the whole thing where some people, I mean, <clears throat> I'll hear these newer artists um, in their interviews and they're talking about like, well, you know, we've got a lot of different stuff, you know, and. You know, we've got this song that's got a real jazz feel. And then you listen to it, and it's like somewhere way in the background, there's like, you know, somebody doing... A major seventh. And that's it. A major yeah. seventh Or a major chord. seventh chord. You know, and you're like, that's okay. But nothing else sounds yeah. like jazz, you know. Right. So it's like, you know, they're, they're not really... Like, <laughs> right. that's the one thing we've always done with, with Ton of Honey, which we were just talking about before. Yeah. We always were really adamant about, like, if something felt like Latin... Or something felt, you know, jazz or blues, then let's have everybody sort of push that feeling right, right. to the front. Yeah, so. absolutely. We're all professionals here. We can all We're all professionals. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that comes along, you know, I mean, some of the younger artists, that comes along with, you know, them not having the experiences that, you know, the older guys have. I'm 40 years old. I've been right. playing music professionally for 18 years. Right. So, you know, I imagine 18 years ago, you know, if I played a 13 chord... Right. I thought, you know, yeah, I'm all up in the jazz. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, in dealing with um, less experienced artists, you know, I always try and remember one thing. You know, I didn't come out of my mama knowing what I know now. So, right. you know, I mean, I try and be a little forgiving of them. And the thing is, is when you offer them suggestions and advice, sometimes you hit a wall, you know. And that's, and that's them yeah. dealing with developing their sense of humility, which right. is also an important part of developing right. as an artist. Definitely. You know, is being able to just... Be open to people saying, hey, man, you know, 
that's not right. Good Try point. this, you know, and Good being point. able to go, oh, well, here's an opportunity for me to soak something up right. instead of, oh, th- you know, you're making me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, or, no, or point. You I know? do what I do and you're going to like it. You well, right. yeah, which is they silly, get that too. you is? know, and, and I can, uh, you know, I credit Barry Richmond for that because I came up, you know, as a as a guitar protege under him yeah you know, playing rhythm guitar for him on the road for years you know that's a good guy to come up on. yeah he, <laughs> he taught me a lot of humility because you know i mean if you've ever had a chance to meet barry you know he's a very friendly yeah pleasant yeah. loving guy but when it comes to music he does not mess, mess around, around. Yeah. yeah and you know if i made a mistake he would let me know and know in certain terms and he would not sugarcoat it yeah. you he, know and so i had to develop you know the type of perspective that would allow me to be Seeing the opportunity yeah. Yeah. instead of, you know, being all demoralized and not being able to perform. Right. Yeah. You know, because we may have five more gigs to do on right. a road trip and I don't need to be all stuck up in my head. I need to get over it, right. solve yeah. the problem yeah. on the guitar neck, you know, right. wherever it might be and, you know, show up the next day right. and do the thing. Short memory, kind of like being a pro. Yeah. Pro. Uh, Pro quarterback, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and and two, you have to kind of step back and say, well, this this guy knows what he's talking about, and he's picked me right to be here, right. So he feels I deserve to be here. Exactly. So just take what he's saying as yeah. you know, only something that's going to make me better. Exactly. And, and move forward from. Yeah, that. yeah. That's the thing, you know. Is uh, you know, shoot, just recognize those opportunities. Yeah. You know, when guys step to you with suggestions, you know, if they're Ira and I blew them all. We missed every opportunity. I think. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what did you just say? Who did you blow? <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> we right. blew what? We blew opportunities. Who did we blow? Jesus, take it easy. We blew all the there. opportunities. Opportunities. You know, we're live on the air here. <laughs> I mean, not live, but you know what I mean. Yeah, man, you're going to have a bunch of people out there in the studio knocking on the door. In a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so let's hear some music. All right, cool. Yeah. Let's do it. We'll start with some of the blues stuff that we've done, you know, and of course... Right. um B.B. King, you know, is a blues guy that involves jazz changes Mm -hmm. in his music. So, you know, instead of having, you know, we'll we'll use some jazz changes in here. Not necessarily jazz, but this is a song that we wrote called uh, Live Each Day. Like it's your last, you know, and it's a little a little cheering section for all the folks out there, you know, that might be feeling down. You oh, know? cool. Kind of, you know, get in the moment, be happy with what you got, be thankful for where you're at. I don't do guilt and I don't do pity. Let me tell you something, people, life ain't always pretty. Raise up your cup, raise up your glass, and let's live each day like it's our last, yes. Go call your husband, go call your wife. Let them know how happy you are, baby, to have them in your life. Say, honey, I'll meet you at our favorite place at a quarter past. And let's live each day like it's our last, yes. Yeah, B.B. sang it. And people dang it. 
everything together that's oh. what we like and i'm Thank glad you. you started out with that that's the, that was just like a nice kind of yeah that's a, exactly what you said exactly yeah. Yeah. that's how we are really you know as artists you know i mean we're pl- you know we're taking people's emotions and seizing them yeah. and controlling them you know so we're really like cheerleaders with guitars yeah do <laughs> you know what i mean when you think about some of the most famous songs that you don't understand be- why they're famous right you know they have like cheering section type things in them yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one that I do like, so I'll plug it, you know, that's kind of a cheerleader song, is yeah. the Queen song, We Are the Champions. Right? <laughs> right. We Will Rock You. Yeah. yeah. That's a cheer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Completely. So, you know, but I feel I like mean, you could do that stuff back in the 70s. Yeah. As straight up as that was. Mm-hmm. And people would, like, you did that, if you do that stuff nowadays, it's I don't harder know, harder to people get away would, with. Yeah. Well, you Except know. You, it as much as it Well, is. you know, in the... Uh, let me see. Um, in in the uh, thirteen to twenty one gra- um, 
demographic. Yeah. Yeah. That is still present, you know. And, of course, having children, I see that type of stuff coming across the airwaves all the time at my house. We have the Disney Channel going on. Party in the USA. Thank you. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. You know, that type of thing. And uh, so, you know, that's always an important part of it, you know. Regardless of how seriously you take yourself as an artist, you know, don't forget that what you're doing, you know, isn't all about you. If you plan on doing it in public, it's all about the people that you plan to bring it to. Right. You know. Well, and I want to I want to talk about another misnomer about blues in general. Uh, You know, since that was like a real happy tune and it makes you feel better. And by the way. My back was kind of really hurting me earlier. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think after that too, I'm like feeling good, feeling good, a little bit better. Yeah, I love I'm it. Like, I'm like feeling incredible? loose, and I, I got yeah. like a warmth over me now. Just kind of uh, there like you I go. put like an icy hot on my back. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, people people that don't know blues, don't listen to blues, like you know, like we do. They're like, oh, blues. Oh, it's always so sad and depressing. How can you listen to that stuff? Yeah, it's well, not. That's not the truth. I it's mean, not you know, the truth if you listen all. to the yeah, there's some stuff where it's I lost my girl, and you know, somebody died, and blah blah blah, but. Just like that with any music, you know. You know, yeah. and to bring to bring something that we were talking about the other week that never really fit into when we were doing a podcast last week, but I was telling Ira about it. That whole um, <clears throat> Haiti for now, help for Haiti now right. benefit concert that came out, and everybody came out there and for the most part did kind of somber, that's right, kind of sounding yeah. tunes, which you know fits the mood and all. But I was telling Ira there was one really great example. Sting came out, right? And he has a massive band, you know. That's like right. there's a bunch of, and there were guys from the Roots playing with him, and some yeah. kind of house guys that they had in there. Uh-huh. And they did the song "Driven to Tears." That's right. The old, did you see it? I Please did song. see it. Yeah. And the performance, and I told Ira, I said, you know, it was really interesting because you know, there's no applause, applause after any of the songs. There's, it's such a quiet, somber thing for the most part, which is fine. They did it all well, but. When there was some point in that song, like maybe in the middle of the song, you could start to see some of the guys, like the bass player and, and like, you know, some guy over on the side playing keys, start to just smile. Yeah. It's like they forgot why they were playing it, and it was so hot. I mean, the, the version that they did of that That's was right. so great, I thought. Oh, and yeah. then that guitar player came out, and he was ripping like That's a right. jazz solo. He was totally clean, yeah, dry sounding. Yeah. That's right. And I just remember telling Ira, I was like, it really makes you realize the power of music. Like, as cheesy and cliched as that sounds, you can really tell that those guys in that moment forgot why they were doing that song. And just just we're doing that song. Yeah, yeah. And yeah like, you holy always shit, we are hitting it. Yeah. You know, you always hope for that. You, you yeah. always hope for that as an artist, and you always hope for that for your listeners. Yeah, you know that they can let go of whatever you know pretense they've got going yeah. on and just get in the stream. You know, yeah, and for go that with forty-five minutes, you know, and be in the moment. Long, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and um, you know, especially in our game, you know, where people have you know twenty years ago it wasn't like this, but. Nowadays, people are preconditioned to walk into a bar and feel like they can just approach any act and say, hey, man, I want to hear my favorite song, regardless (laughs) of the format, you know, whether the formats match, you know, none of that's going on, you know, so they are so preoccupied with, yo, man, I want to hear my song, that they're missing all of the moments that are happening in front of them, you know, and and it's it's unfortunate, you know, I wish I could figure out, I mean, that's almost like a... The 15 minutes of fame thing. It, it is. It's like, oh, you know, if they request a song and you do it or you even do a song by that artist, it's more for them to be like, this guy's playing the, the, the right. spoon that I request. Look at me. You know? Yeah. It's, it, yeah. it's almost a look there's at another, There's another away. dimension to that, too, which I'm sure you guys have seen being an artist yourself. 
you'll play the song that they want to hear and you'll look out in the audience and, and they'll be turned away from yeah, you yeah, talking to somebody. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, that's <laughs> Hey buddy, didn't you request this? Yeah. You should you should have like a, a sack full of pennies on stage. So you <laughs> Start can pick one out and just bean somebody in the back of the head, but you know. Have you not done that yet? Violence is not the answer. No. You no. should just have sometimes. No. But yeah. Most of the time. drumsticks work nice too. Just drumsticks yeah, are good. Pull one out of the, uh... Yeah. You get 100 points if you lodge it in the eye socket. <laughs> but I I really do. I urge anybody to go on YouTube and find that clip of Sting playing for that right. because it really does. You you see them start and it's so quiet and they kind of get into it. And you know that high lilting sort of voice that he has. Yeah. And and, uh, and just kind of watch the guys sort of at some point forget that this is this somber thing and they really just get into it. And yeah. it's cool to see that sort of transform within four minutes in front of yeah, your eyes. Man, so that's, it's cool. that's so important, you know. Um, you know, I even, you know, I even stress that with the guys in my band, you know, because, I mean, we're guilty of it, too, man. You know, sometimes we'll get up there and we're just kind of going through the motions. Yeah, well, when you're playing all week long, I guess, you know, you can. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, that. things have slowed down a little bit. But, you know, last year when we were hitting real hard, you know, I mean, there's only seven days in the week, but we were putting in eight to ten shows. You yeah, know? yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, consistency is, is a sign of professionalism. We always try and be consistent, you know, yeah. but you don't want to be disingenuine either. You right, know? Right, right. Yeah. Don't want to be up there jumping around like a clown, you know, you're not. <laughs> feeling well, it so. and we've talked about this before on the show from time to time you know you always read about these people who oh man i saw so-and-so play and they were playing in front of five people but they still put out 110 percent. it was the right. same show five or yeah. fifty thousand exactly and i get you want to do that you right, want to right. go out there with that same intensity but we all have it's to admit easy. when you get that response yeah that you're looking for from it, an audience it feeds you you know yeah, it absolutely feeds everything that you're doing so you know i also you know, urge audiences like you were saying, don't walk in and think, you know, you're part of the show. Walk right. in and and experience the show. Yeah. And and feed off of it and yeah. bring that send that back to the artist. Exactly. You know? I mean, you know, I mean uh, I'm done. That's uh <laughs> Are you? I mean the artist and the audience, you know, should work as one, you know. Yeah. I mean one of my favorite bands of all time, man, Trapeze, you know, three piece band out of do you know Trapeze? No, no man. not yeah. at all. Um, let's talk about some old classic guys, man, uh, that ended up in other bands. Um, yeah. Glenn Hughes, who actually ended up in the band Deep Purple. Okay. okay. One of the greatest vocalist slash bass players in the history of rock and roll. And it happens like that sometimes. Some of the, you know, incredibly talented guys, you know, don't get as much exposure sure. as, as others. Um, and then Dave Holland was the drummer. Okay. And, um, you know, most people with? remember Dave Holland <laughs> from Judas Priest. He was with Judas Priest for years. And nice. Years. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And then Mel Galley was the guitar player, and early White Snake was all Mel Galley. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But before well, all we that. Know some, we know some early we White Snake. We know some early White Snake. <laughs> yeah. Out of all those bands, that's the ones we know. <laughs> Don't break my heart again. Nighthawk. Yeah. You know that song, Nighthawk? I can't recall right now. I've yeah. listened good to so many. stuff. But uh, I do remember their cover of Day Tripper. You very good. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah uh -huh. Very funky. Huh. Um, but yeah, before before all those guys split off and joined those other groups that I'd mentioned, uh, they had this band called Trapeze. And one of their albums was... You are the music. We're just the band, <laughs> you know, which really sums up, you know, that whole relationship between the artist and, and audience, right, you right. know, and when the audience isn't participating, but just sitting back and saying, well, what can you do for me? Then, you know, that whole magic that happens in a live performance kind of gets lost, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sweet. I was going to bring up 
It's funny. It, that was my first note for you. What? I love looking at influences. I'm big at looking at people's influences. Right, right. Yeah. Just to see, to match up. And th- this is something that I'll kind of get into with a question later. But to sort of match up like what I'm hearing with what they're saying they are into. You know what right, I mean? Like right. sometimes you kind of try and see which one of these things sort of comes through more. And I saw in it, like in the middle of your paragraph there, and you don't really have a ton of people listed, which I also kind of liked. It mm-hmm. seems like you picked and choose, you know, these are the ones I want to put on here. And you threw Whitesnake in the middle there. Right, and I was right. like, well, where did they come from out of all that stuff? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a huge Whitesnake fan, but the old right. stuff, because they the were a classic yeah. rock, That's right. organ, you know, because uh, ba- it was, um, was it John Lord that played with them for a while? May I'm not, been, I'm not but they sure were a who big, the guy was, man. You know, they but, were a real uh, classic rock, yeah. organ-based, you know. That's but, right. But you still love Still of the Night, though. I mean, I do on. love Still of the Night. <laughs> of not course. Gonna, but, of you know, course. there's an old version of that song. To, there's an old version. No, it's, is it Still of the Night? An old version of Here I Go Again. Here I Go Again. Oh, right. And yeah. Where they Crying sing the like, like a hobo. Yeah, like a hobo. I was born to walk alone. Right, 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 right. And also an old one of Crying in the Rain, which I like better. Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of like bluesier in a it's way, bluesier yeah, yeah. yeah and it's way just bluesier. not as like yeah. it's not metal you know it's like right. classic rock right sound. you know i mean uh, f- from a business standpoint they did re- really well putting out the still the night record i mean yeah. you know getting uh i can't remember which guitarist they used i know john sykes uh, adrian vandenberg the guy. i think adrian was, vandenberg yeah. was the guy uh-huh. yeah so you know they switched from john no, wait, sykes i think you're right maybe john sykes yeah no they've later. always gone with two guys you yeah know? But uh, Vivian Campbell, played yeah, with them Vivian for a Campbell. While, but you know, I mean, they're they're blues based, you know, British blues based yeah. classic rock yeah. was was where they came from, you know, and and, and David Coverdale's voices, you know, I just gravitated towards it, man. Yeah. First time I heard Slow and Easy with that slide guitar, and he's like, <laughs> "You keep on pushing, baby." I'm like, "No, yeah, yeah. that sounds like me." Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I'm gonna listen to this record for a while and see if I can learn how to sing for real. That's right. You know, <laughs> and I always thought it was so great how they would have him so close. You would hear his. That's right. Breath in between yeah, stuff. Yeah. It was like, damn. That's right. You know he's right up on that fucking mic. <laughs> that's, that's right. right. He's yeah. not afraid of nothing. Yeah. That's pretty it, raw stuff. It is yeah. raw. It's great. We love, love that, man. White Snake All right. Rocks. So good. So White Snake fit in there. Shout out and to my curious. man Uriah Duffy, who plays bass in White Snake now. It's, you know, six degrees of separation. Oh, my really? friend Uriah, who lives in San Francisco, California, ended up uh-huh. getting a gig with White Snake. Nice. So I was just like, what the heck? That's awesome. <laughs> well, I saw that kind of recently at a... Uh, um, was it uh, not Chastain? I saw him at Tabernacle. High five buys. You saw him at high five, and I saw him at Tabernacle when you couldn't go, but that was already going back a couple years. Remember, I told you about some of the shit he was saying to the chicks in the audience. Oh, yeah. Well, he like, always has the same shtick. I mean, David good... Coverdale's shtick, I think, is hysterical. It's awesome. He's like, "Hello, everybody!" Hello, everybody. And then he he picks out a chick that's in the front like row. To see your bra. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He goes, "Oh, you're looking pretty big tonight, aren't you?" He's like, "I guaranteed." Uh, he's like. Uh, Mama, I guaranteed you will never drown. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great show. He's man. good. He's very comfortable. Let's well, I was that. I was going to bring up for also our 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 people that are listening that aren't big blues heads either. Yeah, you know, in that first tune, you did the whole uh, Albert King thing where you played like a. The yeah, perfect Albert lick. Albert King note. Yeah, you know? the Albert King, and then you brought up BB too. Right, and you know, I was going to say. You know, if you're if you're trying to get into blues, I'd say a good start is just remember the three kings. Yeah, Albert King, BB King, and Freddie King. You yeah. cannot go wrong. You know what I mean? Those I mean, one of my first blues it. records was BB uh, King live at the Regal, 
And I just, yeah, that's that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what the one. What else do you need? Man? I know. You and know? I, I wore that thing out. And then I got into Freddy later on, and he's probably... Freddie's probably one of my favorites of the, yeah. of the Kings now. Anyway. That's right. That's, That's a good right. start. Remember the three Kings. Yeah, but I, you're I, right. I love hearing that, though. You know, I've heard people do that before. You know, they'll, they'll imitate some blues guys yeah. in the middle of a song or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And for some reason, I've always loved that. You know, if you can do it right on, like Oliver used to do that. Well, and Oliver did, yeah. Oliver Wood, who I also noticed you, you put on your influence. That's right. Um, he always did BB in the middle That's of one right. of their tunes, which you don't hear people do BB much. You mm-hmm. know, he's got that. But it is it's distinct, tough I mean, to do. It you is know, tough to because do, of the yeah. way you have to set your amp, and you right. know, I mean, I've tried to do it, and but even just hitting the licks, you know, like yeah. that, that Albert King lick you did was just so perfect, you know, Albert <laughs> King, right? Yeah. Regardless yeah. of all the tone and everything like that, right? right. The acoustic, yeah. you know, but uh, no, that's cool. Yeah, no, I, I love that stuff, and the people that you know don't know blues. Or the people that do, you know, that are into blues, I love, I love hearing that type of stuff. Well, since we're talking about influences a little bit, yeah. I, uh-huh. I, I had written down a note. I noticed the very first influence you put on the very first person listed, I should say, yeah. is John Mellencamp. That's right. And I didn't know if that was there as the first for any particular reason. Um, if he was one of your, you know, bigger influences or not. I happen to be a big, pretty big fan of his, especially the Lonesome Jubilee that kind of time. Yeah. Um, you know, paper and fire and all those things. Ira and I do paper and fire acoustic. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And uh, I just was kind of curious if that was a big influence on you or if you had any intention of where he was placed on your list. Well, you know, um, it's funny because being in the moment, you know, I mean, I just take things as they come, you know, and right. I, I write things off the top of my head, man. So, you know, yeah. um, the way my brain works, you know, I couldn't testify to, you know, a set order of things. You okay. Know? Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, but, you know, I mean, it was, since we're talking about John Mellencamp, you know, when I was a kid, I, I lived in Indiana for nine years. And that's, oh, when, yeah. he, that's when he hit, you know. And, um, you know, oh, cool. being, being a fan of R&B, you know, being a fan of the blues, being a fan of rock and roll, and being a fan of, you know, outside of... All of those things I just said, American music, yeah. which, you know, when you talk about R&B and you talk about blues right. and you talk about rock and roll, you're That's talking about here. American America. music. Oh, yeah. You are. You know, I mean, guys like John Mellencamp, Bruce Springsteen, you know, I mean, they really bring that American music style yeah. home. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're just a rock and roll band, you know, me and my guys. Right. We're just a rock band. You know, we've got a fiddle in our band. We play mandolin in our band. You know, we sing harmony in our band. Yeah. We play blues in our band. All these different things, you know, and, and that's, you know, what we're trying to get back to, you know, because people seek to want to put a label on us like we yeah. talked about earlier. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, uh, the message we want to send to people is, you know, just like John Mellencamp and, and Springsteen, you know, and, and guys like that, we're, we're just an American band. Right. Playing yeah. American music. We're coming We're to your town. American We're going to party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sung by a Canadian man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> but that's what makes it even better, you know? <laughs> Maybe he was like having green card problems and he was like, oh, we're an American band. Yeah. yeah. Out on the road for 40 days. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Hilarious, man. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, well, John. cool. I mean, I you know, like I said, I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's a really 
at at his best, he's one of the best. Yeah, he is. And say. and then, you know, from the performance standpoint, he's one of those guys that has that consistency and that commitment yeah. to being right there in the moment and right on the edge with his live performance. Yeah. And, I mean, that's his life, too. You know what I mean? There's really not too much separation between the guy that you see on the stage and the guy that you might see in the street. Not that yeah. I know him personally, but I've followed his career a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. Looked at some biographies and... What you see is what you get, you know, and I think that that's what all artists should strive for. You know, I don't think that, you know, it's, you know, I mean, some guys manufacture an act, you yeah, know, image, which yeah. is which is, you know, another side of artistry and genius, you know, that you can look at, you know, say like a, say like Kiss yeah. or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I mean, a pretty good example. Yeah, that's, that's crafting an egg. Pretty yeah, you know, which is, <laughs> but it worked out for them, didn't it? Yeah, it worked out for yeah. them. But you know, I mean, I'm not yeah, from New York, man. I'm right. from you know, I'm from Northern Minnesota. Yeah, you know, right. and then I lived in Midwestern Indiana. So you know, I'm kind of a blue collar guy, and I couldn't see myself doing what Gene and Paul and all those guys do for myself. Well, of course, I, I love personally what they did, and I can appreciate all the energy they put into all the artistry from the lights to the costumes to you know just cranking out all those songs and all those right. album covers and i mean you know geez i it's, can't imagine the amount of work and focus it would take you it's know? such a roll of the dice something like that because it always reminds me like to, you think about getting into something like that in those early days where maybe nobody shows up at the show and then yeah. you got all this makeup on and all this stuff and it kind of reminds me of like you ever see these guys that paint their face and wear all the shit when they go to like the football games or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like when your team loses, right. then you're just some asshole with paint all over your face. <laughs> right, you know? right. It's like you just no, you still support the team, yeah. but you know what I mean. Like when you're walking out, and yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. now, even yourself, you know, your team lost, and now you're just like. I got to go home and take all this shit off and scroll. It's like, what are those moments like, you know? And so same thing with kids. It's, it's so like, I'd just tough, rather be man. able to walk off stage and just be like, well, fuck it tomorrow. Instead of having to go back and like scrub up all the makeup and shit, yeah. you know, nobody shows up. Yeah. That's uh, you know, I mean, that goes back to the core of, you know, why you get into this and where your goals are and stuff, yeah, you know, it that's, does. that's your belief in yeah. yourself, you know, <clears throat> and that's the weirdest thing, you know, to ask guys, and girls that play and sing for a living to believe in themselves because you know mm-hmm. i mean well shoot, believe in artists you. yeah artists i mean we're naturally you know self-deprecating self-loathing personalities you <laughs> yeah. know what i mean oh i'm not good enough that sucks this sucks well, i can't or, tell you how many times you know we've been sitting in the rehearsal space and you know, either myself or one of my guys will be right. like, man, I just, I can't do it. And yeah. it's just like, well, you know, just keep going because uh, consistency is the mother right. of, of mastery. And, you know, we just have to keep reminding ourselves. So belief in yourself is almost, you know, a mantra instead yeah. of what's actually going on inside, you know? Yeah, I was always yeah. telling me how much I suck. Wait, that's not self-loathing. <laughs> that's uh, that's somebody else telling me. Th- that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's giving you shit. That's that's truth. That's yeah. that's tough love. That's tough right? love, right? Yeah. Well, you said you said most musicians do that, but I mean, unfortunately, you find the other way around too. You, you find do the, the yeah. real egotistic. Well, those guys, guys that, you know, don't have a clue as to what's happening. Right. They you know but what I mean? Sometimes some of that comes from. Insecure, like I need to, you know, do it. Some sometimes comes from a place of insecurities, you know. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that you know, you 
Regardless of how you carry yourself, regardless yes. of how you feel on the inside, you also have that outside influence. You know, when you're an artist, people talk about you. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. This, that, and the other thing. And yeah, if you're going to choose to be the center of attention, you're going to have to. Yeah, you have yeah, to take the think good. Think about yourself the in a different way. Yeah. yeah, you have to take the good, the good with the bad. That's you right. Know? And, uh, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't matter how much energy you put into, you know, humility or how much energy you put into refining your craft. Or, right. You know, people are going to form their own opinions in an instant. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing you can do about that except, you know, shoot, grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change. <laughs> that's also true, though, in, in the sense that that's what makes music and art in general so great, I think, mm-hmm. because, you know, I mean, somebody can get out there and play like the Ramones, who none of them could really maybe play that great or sing that great or and and tons of people can love what they do. Right, right. So it it really in the end, you know, you can refine, 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 and somebody can still sit there and say, "But I don't really like it." That's true, and that's perfectly valid. That's so you true. have to just be able to just kind of accept that. Uh, you know, some people are going to like what you do. Some yeah. people aren't going to like the what Ramones, you do. though. Not a band that I particularly like at all. But right. I always have something positive to say about any artist. Yeah, it's one thing I can say positive about the Ramones. They were masters of seizing the moment, which is what we were talking about yeah. earlier. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you can seize that moment and drag everybody into that moment with that raw emotion, then you're expressing, right. you know, beyond, uh, you know, a major seventh chord right. or you're yeah. expressing beyond a minor seventh chord or, you know, right. uh, this fancy arpeggio sweep that everybody you, you thought would floor everybody that just went over their head <laughs> because they wanted to hear. I want to be sedated or right. whatever. You know what I mean? Which is, yeah. by the way, a cheer. Yeah. <laughs> it sure <laughs> is. Now, that's definitely like energy music. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's yeah. being caught up in some raw exactly. energy. You're, you're not going out there looking at musicianship, you know, which is fun. You that's know? your 13 to 19-year-old demographic. That's leather right. jackets Big and skinny time. jeans and, yeah. you yeah. know, it's, that's a whole scene. But, um, that, but that is the great thing about music, you know. It's just, do you like it? Good. Do you not? Fine. You know, I exactly. mean, that's really what it comes right. down to. It doesn't matter how 50. great somebody is. Yeah. You know, somebody can always sit there and just say, eh, I don't really appreciate it. I don't like, well, and, and that's perfectly valid. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> it's 50-50. And even at, even at 50-50, you still win, <laughs> considering the population of the world. I think there's a song right there. So 50-50 and you still win. <laughs> 50-50 <laughs> and you still win. That's well, nice. Are you going to talk more about influences? Because I wanted to ask uh, something. No. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I was just going to get into the whole vocals thing. Yes. You know, because obviously oh, yeah. you, know, you strike us as an incredible vocalist. Which well, thank you very much. We're real into that type of stuff. Yeah. You know, I oh, mean, very I, I'm, good. A, I'm a big vocals guy, you know. Excellent. If I go out and I see a great <clears throat> singer, I mean, that's what really I'm like, wow. All right. You don't see this too often. Yeah. So this I mean, is the that cool can thing. draw, you know, a, a, a voice can draw. I've been uh, convinced that there are songs that, you know, by bands that I really like, mm-hmm. that I know if somebody, just somebody else was singing it, I can almost say to myself, I probably wouldn't listen to this song. Like, I can hear yeah, it's yeah. not maybe one of their best, you know, crafted songs or whatever. And But I like it because of the voice that's behind it, you know. Absolutely true. So I, was yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, I guess when you were first becoming a musician, you know, way back in the day, mm-hmm. I mean, were you starting out trying to sing like that? right away or did that just kind of did you have some influences over the years where you're like all right this is really how i want to you know when go about you, singing yeah and like and along with that like when did you really know that you were a bad that you could sing <laughs> that could, you know 
<laughs> I'll let you know when I when I oh, feel yeah. that way. Well, of course, you got to say that, you know. <laughs> but um, man, you know, we would take these long road trips in the car, you know. And, and I grew up with three sisters. I was the only boy, so you know, I mean, I had to separate myself from them. your background singers. Perfect. Well, no, no. <laughs> of course, you know, the, with the sibling rivalry, rivalry, and you know, and stuff like that, you know, I was pretty much a loner. You know, I didn't have a brother growing up. Okay. So we had the family station wagon, and I was always end up in the back laying down, you know, with my ear pressed up against the speaker. The way back, yeah. Listening to... The backy back there. I think what we they called call it the backy back, too, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Mostly we called it the way back. <laughs> the back. The way back machine. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So, the no, not back. at all. So, um, back then, you know, in the Midwest, you were listening to soft rock radio, I think they call it now. Soft rock, yacht rock, whatever. Yeah. Right, easy listening. So I was hearing uh, the Doobie Eagles, Brothers, the Eagles, Doobie Brothers. I was hearing Barry Manilow. I was hearing Sean Cassidy. I was hearing. Um, if you need a shoulder, I'm right here. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I was hearing Michael, uh, Michael Jackson. You know, yeah. early Michael Jackson stuff like that. Nothing so, wrong with that. so you know, I developed my voice by singing along to those guys. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean. In particular, you know, shoot, I would sing along to almost any Barry Manilow song, you know. And that's when I realized I could carry a tune. Yeah, at least. Um, You know, that was, shoot, I think I was five or six at the time. Okay. You know, and I was in the back kind of in my own world. And uh, then, you know, a few years went by and joined the choir at church. Yeah. Nine years old, I guess I started singing in a choir at church and... You so know, learning. somebody's going to hear what you can do. Well, you know, I was still in, still within the confines of a ensemble. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was learning about harmony. Yeah. And what what that helped me to do is to sing my part and, you know, listen for the harmony outside of my part. And so th- I developed it from there. And then, uh, you know, I used to mess around on the bus. You know, I was into sports, you know, being in the Midwest, you know, it was all about sports, you yeah. know, and I was on the bus and we were going to a football game and one of my teammates you know remarked because i was just sitting there messing around singing a stevie wonder song or something like that and he's like man you got a really good voice dude you should be in a band you know yeah and and i was around 14 bulb. yeah so that's when it happened i was were around you playing 14 guitar at the time too no no or i didn't so really vocals came first yeah the vocals wow. came first man yeah you think the other way around isn't it Typically? I would think that the vocals, like the the knowledge that you can sing many times would come first, like that you're sort of musical. That's kind of like the first tip off, I think. But and then a, then an instrument usually follows pretty quickly. But yeah, that's I a played, little longer, I feel like. I played the piano a little <clears throat> bit. But, yeah. You know, I mean, it was all about football when yeah. I was a kid. So, you know, the guys on the football team found out I was practicing piano. Uh-oh. They started in on me. <laughs> yeah. I came home. I said, Mom, I can't play piano anymore. These guys just won't let up on me what about the say? piano playing. And she was like, well, you know, I mean, football. If you join ballet, they won't pick on you about your piano playing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good one. Yeah, good idea, Ma. No, Thanks so, for the advice. So I let go of the piano lessons, you know, and, uh, you know, I toyed around with some of the instruments in the band through school. You know, I signed up and tried the violin for a while, and, you know, I got thrown out of there for being, you know, unruly. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Good yeah. for you. You know, jocks, you know, oh, yeah. pricks, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, 
you know, then I moved on to the trumpet, you know, and I never wanted to practice the trumpet yeah. because I was always playing football. Right. You I, did, know? I did trumpet right. back in the day. Yeah. Too. And I realized real quickly, you know, the way that it progresses is you have to condition yourself. And I wasn't conditioning myself for that. I was conditioning myself to crush people on the gridiron, you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I never spent any time with the instruments, but I always had my voice, you know, and, and uh, you know, and I got into high school and was, you know, doing impersonations of different artists, and that's when the guys on the team said, man, you need to see about joining a band. Can you give us a few impersonations? Uh, yeah, sure, man. Do you want some actors or do you want some actual singers? Michael, oh, you could, oh, you do actors too? Yeah, I do. Michael well. McDonald. <laughs> yeah. You don't know me, but I'm your brother. It's the best one. That was perfect. How'd you pick that one out? That's a good one, man. That's very distinct. How about distinct. you do any Ray Charles? Yeah. Um, let me see. Um, we do a Ray Charles song. Hey, baby, won't you? Let's see. Hey, baby, won't you treat me wrong? Come and love her, daddy, hold on long, that's all right. You know, some Ray yeah, Charles yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all right. Remember what I say. Yeah, yeah it's not nice. bad. Thanks. It's, it's, it's distorting in my Is it? Yeah, headphones, it's just, so I don't know if I'm being yeah, very well, accurate. Because I had your... Uh, Mic up a little bit. Oh, okay. we're talking, we're talking. Yeah. yeah, it's not you. It's me. I'm holding Stevie. my I'm holding my throat all wrong. No, you yeah. see. How it's about Stevie? You want to do some Stevie? Oh gosh, I don't know if I can do it I anymore. See you get. I see you've gotten the comparisons. My sherry more lovely as a summer day. Nice. You know. Stuff like that. What happened to him now, by the way? He just what do doesn't sound the same. Well, he's old. You know, His voice is kind of floats off. Gotten older. It's, I don't yeah. What? I don't like him now compared to what he you used to sound like. Take it easy on the guy. You know, I'm just he's, a long he's a legend. He is a legend. <laughs> he's a legend. Just, just saying. Well, you know, I he's mean, had... he's paying his bills. He's put out like three million <clears throat> records. I mean, what else does he owe us? That's true. It's, you know? Yeah, it's, it seems more of the approach, not his. It seems like his approach has changed a little sure. bit more than I think his, that uh, everybody's does over time. Kind of, uh, and sometimes your approach is a little... And that, yeah. uh, that chromatic harmonica playing, I mean, yeah. Yeah. there's not a lot of guys out there that play that like that, you know? I mean, there's not you know, just some obscure jazz guys and stuff, but, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, Stevie's probably the biggest guy out there that plays the chromatic, and nobody really ever even talks about it. Yeah, he plays harmonica. Do you do any rock incredible. guys? Can you do any rock guys? Um, do some David cover? Paul Rogers. Paul, Man, yeah, I, used to be able to, I used to be able to do David and Paul, but, you know, I mean... Uh, Look, it's early. <laughs> it's early. Yeah. Barry Manilow? Come on, let's hear some Barry Manilow. <laughs> I've been alive forever, and I wrote the very first song. Yeah, you can hear it in there. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I could do this for an hour. I was about to, yeah. Well, yeah. I was about to ask you, who could you imitate? Anybody? I can't imitate anyone. No, you can do but Singing? Yeah. I can't say. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you imitated <laughs> Leno on an earlier uh, podcast. <laughs> Very good. There you go. But anybody does that. Yeah, yeah everybody does Leno. Anybody does Leno. Um, I can't do. Leno. I'll, work, I'll see if I can work it. on some people. Uh, I've never tried. It. I have to practice. So when did you move to uh, Atlanta? Nineteen eighty-four. With the family uh-huh. or on your own? <clears throat> um, with the family. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, did you move, I mean, right into the city or kind of... No, we've always been kind of outskirts type of folks. Yeah. You know. Were you like in high school? Yeah, point? I was a sophomore in high school when okay. we moved down here. And, uh, and we kind of got into we the We moved over there to Mayred, Georgia. 
And May Red. Uh, I know where May Red is. May, May Red is May Red is some nice area right there. Nice yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I came down and I was still, you know, doing my jock thing. You know. Yeah. And uh, well, that works down here too. Yeah, big time. And uh, but of course, you know, in the midst of doing the jock thing, you know, I met some musicians at the high school I went to at Marietta. And, yeah. Uh, you know, that's when I joined my first band. Cool, cool. And uh, you know, they were doing metal. All right. So you know, what kind of wrong. what kind of metal? Um, man, I was really man. Yeah, I was really into Ozzy. Ozzy was my man. Okay. Back then, so you know, so any Ozzy so was like so Priest and Maiden and like that type of exactly. stuff. Exactly. Okay. Like when we did the high school talent show, man, we did an Ozzy song and we did a Maiden song. And did you cool. sound just like Ozzy when you were doing it at the time? Yeah, yeah. yeah I could hit the yeah. Ozzy stuff back nice. then. You know. That was. Uh, I can imitate the visual aspect of Ozzy. We could put perhaps <laughs> your voice with my visual. I Excellent. Can do, I can do the uh, back and stage, back and forth. Oh, yeah. I love it. Right, I do the Ozzy. Yeah. How he, you know, constantly places the mic in the holder and then walks around and brings it back. <laughs> right. Up. And then, and then he's then always, like, kind back. of begging people. Like, I don't yeah. know what the left hand is kind of sort of, like, begging them to either yeah. jump or just give me a break. I don't know what it is. I know. <laughs> Opening and closing the drawbridge. <laughs> 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 you know, I love it. So you're playing the heavy stuff, yeah, man. Marshall stacks and uh, way too loud. Ibanez's and, and <laughs> way too loud. Yeah. yeah, you got it, man. All right, well, we cool. were just way too hey, that, loud. That was our matching, background too. Matching spandex, you know, long hair. Oh, matching spandex and yeah. everything. Oh, you wow. guys were messing yeah. around. You took oh. it to another level. Yeah, well, we were trying to get it to that level, you know. That, yeah, and then teasing uh, the hair. Yeah, I mean, it was almost pre-hair tease okay. when we got into yeah, it, yeah. man. You yeah, know, I mean, it was still. 80s, yeah. I mean, you know, we had the the spandex because Priest and and Scorpions had spandex, but then up top, you know, we were still kicking the leathers. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we had the, the, the wrist armbands. Yeah, you know, the, the Iron Mike Sharp. Kind that's of right, like, <laughs> man. That's <laughs> right. That's a little wrestling influence. Oh yeah, yeah. If anybody remembers and, uh, Iron Mike Sharp, no, I don't. <laughs> and uh, yes, Iron Do you Mike Sharp. Him? Oh yeah, remember I, he would, and then the referee wouldn't be <laughs> looking, and he'd twist the armband around to get like the. You know, some, like, metal the plate optimal, in there, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> to get some. The optimal you, damage. You I apologize. You wrestling people. I never I got it. Never got into that. Even well, when you I was know, a kid. it's just a Loved source it. of uh, entertainment. Is Loved all it. it is. With it. incredible <clears throat> stunt work. Loved know? it. Loved it. Don't think I didn't get into stupid entertainment stuff either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> so you're playing metal. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when did you start getting into kind of the, the blues scene down here? Or how well, did you get right into out of, anyway? Man, right out of high school, man. You know, because... I mean, how did you, you know, go we from were metal playing metal. Well, we were playing metal, but, you know, we yeah. were listening to Stevie, man. You know, Stevie, Stevie Ray. Ray. Stevie yeah. Ray, you know. People that were listening to ACDC were listening to Stevie Ray. You yeah. Know, yeah. Um, that Couldn't Definitely. Stand the Weather record came out, you know, and everybody was on that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so then from there... He you gets know, a little bit guy. of a bad rap, I think, because well, among you know, the blues, among the blues guys. But I mean, you know, he well, he knew know, his shit. You know, that's their problem, man. Yeah. Well, Stevie you doesn't get the saying? bad rap. It's the people that go out and, and to call the jams for Stevie. Yeah. All they do is play Stevie. Play Stevie or, right, or right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, everybody that's who gets has to start that's who somewhere. Gets yeah, I know. You know, and that's fine. But that's that's why it seems like Stevie gets a bad rap. But you're right. It's not really him himself. Yeah. I sit corrected. Well, sort of. And. Man, who else? You know, I mean, shoot. Right out of high school, 18, 19 years old, you know, that's when Jeff Healy came out, too. Oh, yeah. And we're like, oh, yeah. man, what is this? 
you know, yeah. 20-year-old dude that can't see doing, <laughs> killing the yeah. guitar, you know. And, uh, you know, of course, How can ZZ I make myself Top, go blind? <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> ZZ Top, Jeff yeah. Healy. ZZ know? Top. That, for me, is one of the... Yeah. And I've never been, you know, I didn't grow up on the blues or on blues like Ira did and, um, you know, kind of really have it pull me in in the same way. Mm-hmm. But some of those outskirts stuff like ZZ Top, who really did start off as a blues band. That's but, right, right. You know, kind of progressed into yeah. <clears throat> being original as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what led me to the blues, man. Yeah. Cool. You know? And then... You found your way. Yeah. From there, you know, it was B.B. King. And then from B.B., I went to Albert King. And then... Once I heard Albert King, I was like, man, now I know why Stevie Ray Vaughan loved him so much. Right. You know, because, shoot, I, I mean, at Thurs- certain Thursday points, night in San Francisco albums. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 1968, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, uh, you know, listen to the old Albert King recordings, and you'd be like, well, damn, that sounds just like Stevie Ray Vaughan. Now right, you know right. where Stevie, you know, got yeah. his expression from. And then, of course, you know, Jimi Hendrix influenced Stevie also, right. you know, as far as, you know, uh, stage presence, the way he would dress and, dressed and, yeah. and the way he would do oh, different things with flow. his guitar. Yeah. 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 His, his, like, rhythmic playing yeah. came from all that. I'd yeah. Say. And, and, uh, and, and his use of the wah-wah pedal and stuff, obviously, you know, yeah. that wasn't uh, an Albert King influence. That was uh, Jimi Hendrix. So so I'm, yeah. I'm still a little curious. Yeah. So you, would you say it was just mostly... You know, friends and kind of your friends and buddies that you were playing with that were really just kind of like, hey, you're a singer, you're a good singer. Uh, that kind of gave you that confidence and that like, yeah, I guess I can sing. I mean, you never had anybody sort of sort of in a professional level or somebody be like, whoa, man, you can really. No, do it. not really, no? man. I was always kind of a, a self-made guy because, you cool. know, uh, in my family, I mean, you know, in my family, we got firemen. We got cops. Yeah. We got school teachers. You know, we got um, electricians. I mean, you know, we're really a, a bunch of blue collar yeah. type of guys. You know, and so, you know, I was the only one to come along who had a singing yeah. voice. Yeah. You know, and, and first of all, you know, I mean, inside of my family, I was the only one who was adopted. So I was oh, the only one who had that trait. Oh, you know what I mean? Funny. Yeah. Had I been, you know. Uh, biological member of the family that i grew up in you know i'd probably be a police officer right now, right? <laughs> right you know not even because i would not have any singing talent you know right so you know my family was never like oh wow man you know we need to bring him out to the blues jam you know my parents yeah. were like dude we're not going to a club <laughs> right <laughs> you know that's way too loud and way too smoky and yeah. you know sex drugs and rock and roll and the devil's down there right. you know and <laughs> And uh, so, you know, it was a slow process for me, man. I can remember when I was 19 years old, I knew absolutely nothing about how the music business works. So I'm like, damn it, I got to do something. I did this shotgun approach, and I opened up the phone book, and I found these studios. Back then, I had no idea that a studio was just simply a place that charged you to record your music. What did you think it was? Well, I thought it was an opportunity for me, you know, to go and display my talent and make some connections. So I just got on the... (laughs) <laughs> the telephone and said, Hi, my name's Andrew Black and I can sing. <laughs> and they were like, Well, that's nice, buddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, that's, you know, no mentoring. Everything that yeah. I've developed for myself as an artist over the last 18 years of my career has been, you know, on my own. Yeah. yeah. You know? 
And uh, so, you know, yeah, well, (laughs) man, sometimes a lot worse because when you don't have any guidance, you make a lot of social mistakes, you know, business wise, things like that. I thought it was perfectly okay to just walk up and be like, hey, man, I'd like this from you. I'd like that from you, you know, as far as uh, advancing in the business. Yeah. And people are like, no, man, you you got to get to know people and, you know, they got to feel comfortable around you and. To me, it was like, well, what's the problem, man? I'm talented, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, give right. me what give I'm me asking things, for, yeah. right. you know. So, you know. <laughs> so you Make did me a star. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I had that, that those growing pains right. going on early on. And then, of course, the other thing was, is, you know, getting up on stage was terrifying for me, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah what well, did you start out of jams and stuff? Or? Yeah, open mics, yeah. things like that, you know. Um, What's, the, what were some of the covers you were doing back in the day? Uh, let me see. You know, I did Sweet Melissa by the Allman Brothers. Yeah. And, and there was a guy out back then named Jeffrey Gaines, man, who we used to cover a lot of his stuff. Jeffrey yeah. Gaines? Yeah. Uh, I know. Guitar player? Like a like an acoustic yeah. guitar yeah. playing guy. I feel like I remember that guy. Yeah, he had yeah. a song... Uh, God, I can't even remember the song. It's been so long. And um, it was like a, early '90s, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I and, do remember uh, that guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did. Uh, I think he was like a Gib Droll kind of. It was like right around the same time when. when you were listening mm-hmm. to Gib Droll? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. I feel man. like those guys were linked together somehow. Could be. Maybe just well, in, I maybe just in my brain. They're maybe. kind of from the same part of the country, and okay. they like toured around yeah. the same areas. Okay. You know, at, he's at, from the Virginia Beach area. Yeah, at, at a certain yeah. point in my career, um, you know, I was given an opportunity to work with a band out of D.C., and that's when I met Gibb and yeah. and got into Jeffrey Gaines and all that different stuff. This is like yeah. ninety two, ninety three. Okay. Oh, okay. so you really did know Gibb? Yeah, yeah. Huh. I mean, I was, I was just pulling that out of the air. Well, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even know. But in, in passing, of course, you know what I mean? He's yeah. not like one of my buddies. I don't have his number on my right. BlackBerry. <laughs> Do, but, when did the guitar playing come in? Because, again, um, like Ira mentioned off the top, I mean, yeah. you don't you don't just have the guitar to accompany your voice. I mean, you can play. Man, so. you know what? <laughs> I started picking when I was 17 years old and never really took it that seriously because it was so difficult for me. Really? Yeah, man. It was very difficult. I mean, that's I, why I gave it up. <laughs> I don't like things to be hard. Yeah. Did you ever start? <laughs> I don't like difficult things. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, she, oh, wait. But, uh, <laughs> but at any rate, um, what had happened was, is, uh, the year was, it was 1994. You know, I'd just come back from D.C. Things didn't work out with the Egypt band. Egypt, um, Egypt, yeah, not from DC. Yeah, you know Egypt. Yeah, yeah, I was with. I them. went. To, you were. You were. Yeah. Wow. But it didn't work out because you know I was too inexperienced, and like I said, my stage fright overcame Wait me. They were already. Minute. They were already full blown, and uh, you know I just didn't have the pace. Yeah. You know, and the experience to give them what they needed. I had the raw talent. I came in there. And they're like, oh, my God, your voice, you know. And then we started working, and I'm like, okay, they wanted me to play some guitar parts, and I couldn't stop my hands from shaking, and, you know, a bunch of different things happened. Well, how did you get with Their bass player was named Andrew also, wasn't it? Yeah, Andrew Andrew Waldeck. I've got his his solo CD. Cool, cool. And I have an Egypt CD, I think. I I went to uh, George Washington University. Okay. And um, they were – they played my very first, like – 
spring fling or something and the cool. weather was crappy and it had to be indoors yeah. and me and my buddy went uh spring fling yeah something like that you know whatever and uh <laughs> we went and they were fucking awesome and then we would go see them and this is probably around that i mean i don't know if you were i didn't do them. very many gigs with them man. okay you know but they were doing the three-piece thing andy was singing the lead vocals at the time they had gotten rid of the man that was there before me and they were just doing a three-piece. They wanted to bring me in yeah. and do a four-piece. Yeah. And I didn't end up working out. I was too green. Okay. You know, they are like, dude, you can't keep up, man, you know? They had some good shit, though. Yeah. They had the harmonies and the everything yeah. going on. Uh, where did we used to see them all the time? Um, down if by the water in, in If Georgetown. it was in D.C., it was probably the Bayou. The, oh, Bayou. the Bayou. The Bayou, yeah. 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 With the 10-foot stage. Yeah. 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 That stage was crazy. You know, <laughs> don't fall off. Yeah, you would walk. That up had that to upstairs, the, like uh, the, the balcony, balcony was perfect because yeah. you could walk all the way down to the edge and actually see the band. Um, yeah, that was a cool time for me. You know, although I didn't make the grade, you know, I met a lot of cool musicians yeah. at that time. I met the guys in the band. Everything. Um, oh, yeah, you know, I remember those. Up, no, those guys yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I met. Um, they're another oh, band geez. from. I met Gib Droll, of course, yeah. and and I met the guys in the band Johnny Quest, and you know I met yeah. the guys in the band Full Stop. And did you, you ever know. hear of a band named Shades of Gray? No, I don't remember that. Area. Okay, because they kind of got in with um, uh, Egypt for a little while, and it was a roommate of mine from college. Oh, okay, yeah. So uh, yeah, know. man. So that was a good cool. experience for me. And then after that, I came back to town, started working for a while. Back you know, here. started dating my. Uh, now my now wife. wife yeah and um a friend of mine from high school um, a guy named todd smalley has been playing bass yeah with todd derek. smalley yeah, yeah. playing derek bass trucks, with the yeah. derek, derek trucks, trucks band for yeah. years and years he's like hey man derek's thinking about adding a singer you know do you want to come out and, and you know give it a shot so i went on the road with the derek trucks band for three days same <laughs> thing yeah what Same happened? thing, man. Really? You know, I just got up there and I just wasn't familiar. I mean, you know, I went from being a construction worker, you know, to playing in front of 1,800 people at the Variety Playhouse. That's a little That's tough. It. You know, so, um, you know, with the with the great power came the great responsibility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, you know, I never really had a chance to ramp up. You know, I was given these great opportunities and instantly thrown in front of these huge crowds and had no seasoning yeah you know that's, so that's tough there again when i didn't get the Derek trucks gig you know one of the reasons i thought i didn't get the gig was because well i couldn't play guitar because they did so many yeah um oh but it turns out you were showing up Derek. no no uh. <laughs> <laughs> that and, will and never he and he didn't like that no that will never happen <laughs> That's tough. Well, That's a tall order. Yeah, no, he, but he can uh, play. But you know, they were into a lot of instrumental music, you yeah. know. And I was like, man, you know, maybe if yeah, I had I some guitar think. playing going on, you know, I'd be more yeah appealing, you know, to these these groups. A lot of groups were moving towards, you know, doing a lot more instrumental music at yeah. that time. So you know, well, at the time, the, I mean, the jam band thing was really happening. Very yeah, happening. you know, those yeah. guys were kind of ensconced in that. Right, I guess still are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, along with the Eric Clapton stuff and yeah, all that cool shit. But, you know, um, I'd always messed around on the guitar and taken a couple classes, you know, in college with the guitar and stuff like that and knew a few chords and, you know, was able to, you know, do the, the basic open mic type strumming right. and humming. 
But when I came away from that experience, you know, not getting the Derek Trucks gig, I was like, man, you know, I need to take my guitar playing a little bit more seriously. And, um, you know, when it didn't work out with Trucks, you know, I called my daddy, you oh, know, yeah. Colonel Bruce. Oh, yeah. And I said, <laughs> you mean everybody's daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I said, man, I need to do something, you know. Yeah. And he said, you know, give this guy Paul Kelly a call. Uh, I thought, I thought you were going to say Jimmy Herring. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said, give this guy Paul Kelly a call. He um, manages and produces an artist named Barry Richmond. Okay. And so I got a gig singing in Barry's, man. You know, okay. I went out and auditioned. Well, yeah. how, did you know, time, how did you know Colonel, the Colonel, by the way? Uh, I knew the Colonel because he was touring with Derek when I was oh, out okay. there with him. Yeah. All right. And, uh, and you just kind of turned to him as like help me i think yeah i've got these powers and i don't know <laughs> exactly <laughs> you yeah. see these How hands to, what can i do with these I could hands? only pull it together yeah, yeah yeah i just couldn't you know i mean i have like i said you know to this day really no mentors just people who have you know given me little favors here and there yeah so you know um you know that was one thing he did for me he hooked me up an audition with the barry richmond band and uh i went down to fuzzy's place Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. With the old fuzzies, the old fuzzies, yeah. selfies. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, I got the gig singing with them. Oh, cool. And, and was still trying to get over, you know, the jitters. But playing in front of uh, well, playing at fuzzies. Yeah, sure. playing in front of thirty people is a little bit easier than playing yeah, yeah. in front of three thousand. Yeah, you know. And I, th- I have to say, because in high school, you know, I've always had the stage fright thing too. And yeah. in high school, I did do the singing, you know. And I think singing is probably harder. With the nerves, it is because your breath control like. gets all over yeah. the place because yeah. the adrenaline. You can't. Well, you know that happened. It happens with your hands too. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes, if you're just if you're just starting out in a song, you're just playing some chords. You know what are doing some. I think sometimes it's a little easier to get over just the playing side. Mm-hmm. Watch now the next show. I'll go off and I'll just complete my hands. will just flock up. <laughs> on but um, <laughs> but then the thing because I just remember doing the thing, yeah. especially if you have to start with something. Your best. Bet, I think, in both situations, is to start out. This is my advice for you children out there, young boys and girls. The best bet is to start out, hit them hard. You know, blow your voice out the first time. You know, because if you try and start with something like delicate, you know, you really have to control the voice. And you're really, you know, real delicate picking things. You really have to have. So I think just start out rocking and and you're you're better. And if that kind of gets you settled in, then you're better off. That's that's my little advice. But so, so that's tough with the vocals to have to be. Sorry about Jittery. the yawning. I'm always tired. It's, it's still early. Not a reflection upon this show. Well, guess what? We're going to take a little nappy time break. Oh, we are? Yeah. Oh, no. I need to change out my disc. All we're right. running long, Chief. We're running long? Yeah. Okay. We're, we're over an hour here. Well, so. we'll, do, we'll do you And we uh, still haven't gotten into some stuff I, I want to get into. And we're going to play hear some more music. So uh, okay. stand by. We'll be right back. Sounds right. good. Bye. This is Kodak Harrison. You're listening to Two Faces Radio. Radio, radio. I'm going to be in the UK, man. March 10th to March 22nd. Um, It's my first trip over there. UK tour. You see that on my notes? Yes, I do. UK tour. And my, my important note next to it is how to come about. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know what, man? It's what, been like a 10-year process. See how intelligent I am? <laughs> yeah, it's been like a 10-year yeah. process, you know, and it all started with, you know, uh, the first blues album we put out in 99. Um, we had a band, Andrew Black and the Believers, 
and uh, you know we we did a song by Luther Allison that uh, did pretty went, well. Red wine. Cherry red wine, yeah. which kind of became a local hit for us, you know. Yeah. Which yeah. I remember when he put that tune out. Yeah. You know, and it was it was killer. Yeah, yeah. he's the man. I mean, he's got a lot but of But I've good heard tunes, you do man. that tune live, and yeah, that you do a hell of a version of that. Thank you, man. Thank yeah. you. And uh, and the guys, thank you. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is that when I sit down to write songs, you know, I'm not writing a lot of blues songs. Yeah. You know, I'm writing a lot of American music style yeah. songs, you know. That sound more like the John Mellencamp and, and the yeah. like, and, and more like country music. So yeah. I think it's a great opportunity for me to go over to the UK and just be a blues artist. You yeah. know, that's what they want me to do. They yeah. want me to come over there and they want me to well, play, they love it out there. play the blues, yeah. right. which is great for me because my voice lives right there in the blues sound and my guitar playing lives right there in the blues sound. But it's weird. My songwriting lives in, in the yeah. American sound. Yeah. You know, so what ends up happening is we end up going out and doing my material, you know, and I'm in first gear the whole time vocally. People are like, well, man, your songs sound great, but how come you're not singing so hard you got a vein popping out of your head? And I said, because, you know, George Strait don't present it like that. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, that's who I was thinking about, you yeah, know, yeah. when I did this song, you know, I'm trying to get tone and melody and lyrics right. and stories across, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, the people that can belt it out, you know, and really get that Howlin' Wolf growl and, and yeah. really, you know, but also belt it out like that, that's kind of, you can always fall back on that if you know how to do it. Yeah. Right, You right. know, and you can do that all day long, but yeah. to really come back and just sing it sweet like, you know, like you can, that's... Yeah, that's the other thing, man. That's what you have to develop. Develop you know, if you, if you do time. that all day long, then you won't be able to sing the sweet, sensitive right. stuff because, you know, there'll be a lot of holes in your voice. So, oh, yeah. You know. Ask Tom Kiefer. Ask yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I think just maturity, that happens with maturity because a good, you know, example, I think, but a rock and roll example, I guess, is um, Chris Cornell. I mean, those first few, I don't know how yeah. Soundgarden, you know, that where that reference comes in with all this stuff. But the first few albums of theirs, I mean, he is just, Wah! you know, the whole time he's yeah. screaming and wailing and everything. Yeah. And then by the later albums, you can start to hear him just kind of pick and choose his spots right. where it's where it works and where it's effective. You know, right. so um, knowing that restraint is, I think, the key to some of it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and uh, that goes back to consistency, too. You mm. know, I mean. I realized, you know, night after night, dang it, man, I can't do cherry red wine tonight. I don't have the voice yeah, tonight, right. you know. So, and that was because, you know, right after cherry red wine, I'd go into a Marvin Gaye song. And then right, right. after that, I'd go into, you know, a Tower of Power song. And, you know, we'd be playing, you know, at 125 decibels all night. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I need to learn how to not be in the gas all the time so yeah. that I've got a little bit in the tank, you know, and, and can be more consistent. Because, you know, people would come out and they'd be disappointed. Well, what do you mean you're not going to do this song? And I'm right. like, I'm sorry, I've got laryngitis, <laughs> you know. I'm lucky to even be able to sing right. anything. So, you know, that's... Another reason that country music to me is real, real right. important to me as far as my work schedule goes, because, you know, being able to go out 
and know that people want to hear Waylon Jennings, know that they want to hear Johnny Cash, well, man, that's great news for me. Yeah. Because yeah. I can sing in a low range, you know, and <laughs> my voice is real relaxed. Now, did, did you more recently get into country? I mean, man, not, I've always been into yeah. country music, you know. Some of my but did you start playing influence. it more just within the last few years, or has that always been? No, no, yeah. I've been writing country songs since I was in college, oh, okay. yeah. you know, and... The thing is, is that I would go and leak them into the show, and people would be like, eh, yeah, because eh, eh, yeah. you know yeah. we had a blues album out at the time, so people yeah, yeah. wanted to hear blues. I music. guess that's all I know from you too. Yeah. yeah, and and so you know, like we went to the the first Back Porch Blues Festival at Darwin's way back when. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And you know, we played, uh, you know, a song that shoot, I'll play it for you now, man. And and they were all, well, that's not blues. But you know, it was right. it was a country tune that was uh a guy, Vince Gill, yeah. was the influence on this song. Who I never realized was in uh what band? Pure Prairie League. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I never knew that. But you know, this song right here, um, Descending, you know, we go from playing Yeah. You know, to and people are like, you know, and this is going back. Ten years, you know. Yeah. So you know, you kind of put these songs on the back burner because you're like, well, you want to stay consistent with your presentation. Yeah, yeah. And then now that I have a band that plays mostly country music, now these songs are finally coming they to fit the in, surface. Yeah. Empty garden. Yeah, my throat is running dry. Begging your pardon I just had to give you one last try Well, I found a reason Unreasonable as this might sound Well, I believe in leaving in you It's something I'm receiving in you That keeps my feet upon the ground didn't send you to me Then how can it feel Just like heaven You're the closest That I'll ever be To love and happiness To feeling like I'm blessed Cause an angel did this sin Oh, So that's just a little sample uh, of oh, that wow. song. <laughs> we thought you were going to finish that one. I wasn't uh, no, sure. What, I know we're, we're looking at time and stuff, but you know, I mean, I just no, no. I was just getting. I was going to take a picture. That was all. Oh, were you? Okay. Yeah. No, sorry. I wasn't. I'm sorry. I, I wasn't trying to stop you there. No, not at all. I apologize. Well, for cutting that short, well, but you know, just kind of giving you samples of yeah. of stuff that we've been writing. You know. For a long time, you know, okay. and, and yeah. you know, you have to kind of pick and choose when you're going to release this stuff so that it makes sense to the public and they can digest right. it, you know, because in the middle of doing Cherry Red Wine and, and Black Cat Bone and, and all these tunes mm-hmm. that people were gravitating towards, right? you know, Descending was like... Wasn't working. It wasn't working, yeah. Yeah. but a great song, so we wanted to keep it around, right. you know, and now it's going to be able to work out in our new band, right. Pine City. 
Okay. Pine City, is that Pine, right? Pine City. Yeah, I saw that listed on uh, okay. some of your, yeah. at Atkins Park and something. That's right, yeah. I saw mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So, well, I know we're trying to wind up here. I want to do. Your three, two, one. The three, two, one, yeah. real quick. And then we want to get you to play another song for okay. us, a full song. Um, so can we do a, a quick Brian's three two one? These are yeah, uh, let's like do we it, had described before. Mm-hmm. Bum, three bum, questions. Bum. <laughs> we, that's our music. Get, we have no music. No, for that's it. it right there. Okay, that's it. Yeah. All right, I like it. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> Welcome to Brian's three two one. <laughs> Here we go. Three questions. We need just the sound of like we're, you're in a locked room now. <laughs> two minutes each. One artist. Here we go. All right. First thing I first thing I, I picked out because. I kind of keep a, a huge list of questions as I come up with things that I would want to ask, like a, mm-hmm. you know, an artist. Yeah. So I kind of looked for what I thought worked with you. Mm-hmm. Um, first thing was, I was curious as to if you remember the first song you ever wrote, and if first song and if I you, ever wrote, and yes. if you still also kind of a, a question on top of it, do you still perform it? Um, yeah, first song I ever wrote, "Me Don't Forget Pants." Reggae song. Me don't 19, forget pants. 1974. That's the predecessor to Pants on the Ground. He, that's right. <laughs> it was. 19, me don't forget pants. No um, I don't think we play that one anymore. Oh, I, you man. know, we never, we never really even worked it up with the band because it was just so damn ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the song was all about me not forgetting my pants because I didn't want to get thrown out of church. Do you remember a little bit how it went? Yeah. Come um, on, let's, let's hear it. Let's see. Let's I, don't, hear it. I don't know let's if I even ever had any chords music. to you it. You don't have to do music. Me don't forget pants. Yeah, man. Me don't forget pants. <laughs> or I get thrown out of church with my underwear on. <laughs> nice. There's a, there's a little chorus of me don't forget pants. 1974, my very first song. Nice. <laughs> very yeah. good. Very I good. and I. I'm not even sure if that's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my second one. <laughs> my second question I had was, uh, oh yeah, what artist uh, or band group, whatever? Yeah. Do you feel? Do you know the term "jump the shark"? No. Term "jump the shark" is um, just basically when a uh, anything you want to pick a television show. It started with television shows, I think. Once that show has sort of started to go on the decline, yeah. Um, they they took it from the term where Fonzie jumped the shark on Happy Days. Like oh, they were like remember. at that That's point, when the Happy Days Happy Days was bad. done. Right, you know, right, any episode right. after that okay. it doesn't matter. Okay. So. And they talk – I've heard a lot that like ACDC would be a band that some people say never jump the shark. They've just always done what they do. Right. Can you think of an artist, band, group, I whatever for you? I've heard this question before. That has ne- yeah, yeah, yeah. That has never – that you feel maybe has never jumped the shark? Oh, never jumped the shark. Never jumped the shark. Huh? Never jumped the shark. I don't think Prince has ever jumped the shark. You think he's kind of maintained what yeah. he, he does what he does? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you know, he started falling off, you know, and he still maintained his artistic expression, you know, however abstract it might be. Yeah. Huh. You know? All right. I'll I take that. I could, yeah. Th- I wouldn't have thought of that at all, but yeah, you're yeah. right about that. Because it's funny, too, because, like, a lot of times you're into a band and you feel you know, some people start saying, oh, because they're not writing hits anymore or they're not popular in that same way anymore, people think, ah, man, they suck now, you know, but, yeah, you know, when you're really into somebody, sometimes you're like, I don't know, artist. man, I think that they're yeah. uh, still they're still good. Yeah. All too. right. My third question for you yeah. was, uh, all right, which, w- and this is pretty good, I thought, because you had, again, like a pretty concise list of influences. Mm-hmm. So I felt like those were all pretty important to you. Absolutely. But I was thinking, which one of your songs would you play for maybe one of your biggest influences that would 
exemplify how they've influenced your music, you know, that might show that connection from their sound to your sound the best. It doesn't have to necessarily be your best song, mm. but, um, you know, that, that was the, how I thought of that. Uh, Man, I question. think the tune that, you know, I, I gave you a little sample of Descending, you know, kind of wraps up all those songs, all of those influences in one, man, yeah. because it's yeah. got American music in it. Um, you know, it's got jazz music in it, yeah. you know, because we played uh, major nine chords and minor nine chords, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, that tune for me, you know, it probably answers your question the best, you know, Descending, that tune right there, I would play and. You know, I don't know if it's necessarily a radio hit, right. right? but for me, you know, that's the song that I first wrote in my life where I was like, wow, man, I'm actually impressed by what I'm doing. Right. You know what I mean? Which is what you look for when you're writing a song, you know, you don't sit there and go, well, man, you know, this song is three minutes and 20 seconds long. So the radio guy will like it. Yeah. And, well, yeah. it's got the pleasure pain dichotomy in it. You know, it brings you up emotionally and lets you down emotionally and brings you back. So, you know, we've got that ingredient in it. You know, you, there's never any of that, you know, calculated stuff going on in any of right. my tunes, you know. And, and so, you know, that song right there, you know, exemplifies all of those things that I just mentioned without having any of that calculated crap going into that right. tune, you know. They just right. automatically showed up. You know? Right. Cool. That's all what right. came out, and that's there it. There we go. Bum, bum, <sighs> bum. We can all let out a big sigh of relief. You've survived once again. Nobody right. has ever been, I'd like to say that nobody's ever been injured or hurt or Di- definitely not died from doing Brian's three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that, you're right. <laughs> yeah, there was a few other things I wanted to get into, but I, we're yeah. going to have to hear song number two. And uh, a couple of those things I was going to bring up, you can all find on your. You didn't really have an, a formal bio on your MySpace page, but there was that's like right, a, man. There I'm, was like an interview or something. Yeah, something yeah. from hitting and the I, note magazine. And I, and I pulled a lot of stuff. You have a discography on there that explains a lot of your yeah. recordings and everything. So yeah. I'm going to tell people since we're not really going to get into it right now. Uh-huh. Just go to your MySpace page, which we'll have a link to on our website, okay, so it'll cool. be real easy for them. Yeah. And just read read that little interview that's on there, mm-hmm. and then your discography, and people, and it, people will get it. And in case you're yeah, listening on so. iTunes um, through a subscription, which we do have many. Yes. Um, Free subscription, by the way. It is Andrew Black Music. It's Andrew Black Music. MySpace.com slash right. Andrew Black Music. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's hear, uh, let's hear another tune. What do you All got? Right. Well, you know, earlier I mentioned to you, you know, about, uh, you know, kind of feeling alone growing up. You know, we we're talking yeah. about my influences and, uh, you know, being adopted. So, you know, I decided I would write a song about that. And this is what came out. This is a tune called Rome. He grew 
up in an average southern small town Dragging cars and skipping class Hanging around Trying to be cool Climb the water tower spray painted seniors room And in the back of his mind he knew something was out of place He said, I don't see myself when I look into your face. I've had some doubts and questions and I always feel alone. Surrounded by strangers in my home. I've always had that mind to roam. I've got yours. And you got mine If love is all we have between us Well, and that's just fine It's been good And I wish you well And I believe it's time for me to go I've always had that mind Way back home But I'm so proud to have known you, son Please fare thee well Before you go, there's still one story left to tell And she said, son, have a seat There's someone I'd like you to meet As I held that photo of some man I've never known My mama said he lives out west Has two kids of his own Understand my son that it was The best decision at the time Give him a call, maybe he's home And here's what I heard on I've got yours And you got mine If blood is all we have between us Well, then that's just fine It's been good But I can't wait to tell Of all the things I've learned and I've known It's a good day my boy is finally home got yours and you got mine the way I walk hold my head and my smiling eyes it will be good to be standing here with you finally I don't feel so all alone come along with me about to
Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. Very nice song, yeah. man. I'm glad Great you performance, s- too. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad you mentioned what that was about beforehand because it really gave you a chance to hopefully people listened to the lyrics because it, it definitely. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a long tune. And, pulled it through. No, that was know, good. Yeah, it's a long song, but. Very nice. That's what it's about. It's the adoption song. I think it even says it on the demo somewhere. Oh, really? <laughs> the adoption yeah, the song. The adoption yeah. song. <laughs> the adoption song. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's nice, man. That's cool. I mean, it gives you a whole different perspective, you know, for songwriting, you know, I guess when you look at that. Yeah. Well, what's what? <clears throat> I may have missed this. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. But what's going on with recordings for you? The, the last one was 14th and Crescent. 14th and Crescent, Crescent yeah. which is the one we're still working, man. You oh, know? you're still working on it? Oh, yeah. Okay. We're, I mean, well, I mean, we're still – that's still our that's baby. That's the one you're pushing. That's, that's the one that's we're the still, one pushing. still pushing. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you just get – yeah, you gave me the copy of it. That's right, I was about man. to say, no, he's not working on it. It is here. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by, by working, I mean honing, you know, um, working on, on selling more copies. You yeah. Know? This is one of the best perks of Two Faces Radio. Free music. Free, music. free stuff, if man. If the artists remit. Free swag. Swag. <laughs> yeah. swag. Bilbo Schwaggins. Uh, Pull the swaggin into the Two Faces studio. Yeah. So you can purchase that where? Um, Jeez, man. You can purchase that at our shows. Yeah, well, you play enough. So right now, yeah. It. Yeah, right now, um, I think Will Scruggs, the co-producer of that record, is working on a deal trying to get it on a CD, baby. Yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, w- when we make any moves with this record, you know, we'll make announcements on Facebook and stuff like that. Okay. Cool. You know. You want to plug any big shows coming up? Or uh, Tonight uh, we're playing. In the States, I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tonight we're playing at Montana's right, up well, in Alpharetta. Well, people are going to miss that, unfortunately. Oh, why? Are we this, recording? Takes, yeah. Yeah, this recording. is all recorded. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, well, so how, are you week? playing it next week? Yeah, yeah. It'll be up by like uh, Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm just so in the moment. I can't remember unless I have my stuff in front <laughs> of Go me. to his MySpace, MySpace page. page. It's, <laughs> you know, it's all those user martial arts and being punched in the head. I'm kind of right. punch drunk, man. It's crazy, you know. So don't mess with him, but he might not remember what you did anyway. Yeah, that's sure. right. <laughs> Where did I put my keys? <laughs> uh, well, anyway, yeah, go to uh, Andrew Black Music, myspace.com slash Andrew Black Music, which we'll have on our thing. And then uh, we got a couple gigs of our own to plug before we get out of here. Plug yeah, Chief, it. Um, do the East Ponce one first. East Ponce one first, yeah. I believe, is February. I think it's February. What do you mean you think? I thought you had this all worked I out. I did. I had it out before. I didn't know you were going to throw me Johnny on the spot here. Johnny Let's on the see. spot. You knew you were going to plug games. February 10th. Wednesday, February 10th. Where? At Smith's oh, Old yeah? Bar. I believe so, yeah. Huh. It may not be 100% uh, confirmed uh, yet. Charge. And then we've got Ton of Honey, Darwin's, right. February, February 12th, Friday night. 12th. Rock and Roll Fridays at Darwin's. Yes, come see Ton of Honey, February 12th at Darwin's. Yeah. And then uh, if you want to come see some blues, my blues band Fat Pack Deluxe is playing next week, uh, Wednesday the 4th, I think it is, or the 3rd? Yes. No, it'd be now the third. I'm, the third. The third, because I was the tenth, so it's the okay. third. I did yeah. that seven, ten minus seven, right. quick. Fat Pack Deluxe is playing at Blind Willie's uh, Wednesday night, the third, oh, and Blind at Fat Willies. Matt's Rib Shack Friday night, the fifth. There you go. That's uh, a nice two a great lot, venues to see. A lot of live music going on within yeah. the next few weeks. That's so. good. I All love right. ribs. Me too. <laughs> ribs and, and is if, good. And if you love ribs, you know where you go. Fat That's Matt's right. Rib Shack. Fat Matt's. In Atlanta. I know. Um, it's insane. What was that reggae tune again? Me pants. Me, me don't forget pants. <laughs> me me don't, don't forget pants. 
Or I get thrown out of church with my underwear on. I'm now I'm starting to think that maybe that was real. Was it that was real, real man. Okay. It was a real question. That was a real answer. <laughs> <laughs> You're starting to think that? And then you, maybe starting to believe it. The only other thing I wanted to say before we leave is, I know I've brought this up a few times, is our little survey, our listener survey. Go to our homepage of our website. Take a little five-minute survey, not even five minutes. It'll help us out big time. You'll see it there on the right on the homepage. And i um, like to thank Andrew Black for coming in, hey, coming all you, the way man. down God, from thanks. Forsyth County. It's my Georgia, pleasure, son. You know, town and trip. hang out on with trip. us today <laughs> on a Saturday. I love it. Um, I hope we didn't make it late. I know you got an, another engagement. That's right. So, uh, that's all right, man. I'm a musician, so I'm sure they well, don't be expect me Mon- to be on time. You'll be, back, you'll be back at Montana's eventually, right? So we'll yeah, pl- we'll pl- go go to Montana's and see you some other time. Yeah, man. If I had my calendar in front of me, I could give yeah. you some dates. Well, the MySpace has can't there's a it. lot of dates on those on that on your MySpace page. Yes. I notice that you're yes. playing a lot. You're there, a busy man. There is you are. a lot of dates there. <laughs> it's nice. That's good. Uh, it's good to stay busy. It so is. that's Brian McClenning over there. That is. That's Ira Malkin over there. And we are. Uh, we're the guys that run uh, Two Faces Radio. We have a little <laughs> podcast here. I know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes you're out and you're with your friends and you just start talking and talking and talking and, and talking. You talk, it's and there's musical, good stories. It's good there's, things. There's all kinds of stuff. That, all stuff. You know, really what you should be doing is Always. you should be saving it in case you have a podcast <laughs> and you want to get it out to people and people want to hear things. Hold it. Now, when you're out that's really there, the most important part. And of a good story is the holding is the of whole. the story. Anybody can, <laughs> anybody can talk about talk stories. about stuff. <laughs> it's really but can you hold it? The and it's then really the most important part. Can you hold it? And then and then when you, you say to that person who's giving you the good story, save, save it, it for, for the, the show. show. <laughs> <laughs> we made it. We got it. We made it. We made it. <laughs>